if you have 10 to 12% growth in net new business, that's the total number of customers in your yep. business. And simultaneously, you put the processes in place, sales and marketing to drive cross-sell revenue, that's revenue per client, and grow that by 10 to 12% a year, both very achievable numbers. Did you know you can organically double the size of your business in about 36 months? Are you a consulting business owner seeking a better way to scale to your next million in revenue? Accelerate Sales Podcast features other experts who have cracked the code to predictable revenues with proven sales systems that quickly increase revenue and get you on the fast track back to doing what you do best. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. So you're going to learn three things today. So one is two ways to get revenue. New revenue and one I don't think you've ever heard of. Two is why inbound is not great for B2B. That's right, not good, not great. And the third is quarterly reviews, reviews, why they're so important. So you're welcome to take notes as always. And if you're new to the show, I welcome you, right? And I'd love you to subscribe if you're enjoying the content. Also, if you're a regular, right? Love those iTunes reviews. Thank you for the ones that have sent them through, but I'd love a few more. We're going to take, well, you can take notes, but we'll also have the key links because there's lots of great information given on the podcast. So we'll have those in there. And you can also go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast to get the transcription. So today's guest has actually spent 25 years in sales, but not just sales, sales and marketing. He's an avid learner, and you'll see him share that. He quotes so many people and so many great things. I took lots of notes. You're going to do the same. So what I'm going to do now is hand you over to Daryl Amy from Revenue Growth Engine. So welcome, Daryl. It's great to be here, Paul. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I've had fun in the prep, so I can only imagine it's going to get better from here, right? And uh, why don't we kick off with, um, you know, who are some of the clients that you love to work with? I love working with companies that want to grow, and in particular, companies that are in the business-to-business space that have sales teams. So any any company that has a sales team um, and wants to grow, and, and by nature of having a sales team, probably means you have some sales and marketing alignment challenges. That's exactly where I love to play. Yeah, great. And uh, when you say sales teams, like, you know, what's the sweet spot? Is there, you know, how many people? Yeah, uh, well, it's good. A lot of the companies we're working with in my consulting business use the entrepreneur's operating system as uh, described in the book Traction by Gino Wickman. So inside that environment, we're helping a lot of B2B companies that have turnover of say five, $10 million. They want to get to 10, $20 million in that type of range. So you'll see sales teams of five to 20 people um, in just depending on the industry and size of company. I've done enterprise sales uh, development programs and, and all of that, but I like working with sales teams where you can get in there and actually get your hands uh, involved and really affect some change. Yeah, and I love the fact that the uh, you know the better you make that sales team, the owner is mm-hmm. also um, freed up. So I love the fact that oh, yeah. you know, there is that direct connection versus the enterprise where you know I spent most of my life at Coca Cola, mm-hmm. and yeah, you were just there's too many layers, too many layers. Yeah, it is fun, you know, in the consulting business, being involved in clients where you can see the change and where you can actually directly affect it and know that you've moved the needle. To me, that's more fulfilling. And I'm like you, I've, 
I grew up in the enterprise space. Uh, my last employer before I started my consulting companies in 2004 was Toshiba. So we had a, like a $40 billion global company. It was a great company to work for, but uh, you know, it was kind of hard to see your <laughs> like your contribution to that bottom multi-billion dollar bottom line, right? And so I really do enjoy what we get to do now. And and like you're saying, this is fun because we get to get involved. We get to see the change. We get to participate in it. And we get to see the results in a lot of cases rather quickly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, you talk about marketing and sales alignment. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about what you see in that space at the moment. I think, you know, it's very topical that, you know, the, the, the two are have to work hand in hand, but what's the way that you see that working in some of these smaller businesses that you help? Yeah, it's a challenge. Um, The two need to work hand in hand, but sadly it's rare that they work hand in hand. And this has been, this has been an issue for a long time. And I, I am particularly passionate about this, Paul, because I've spent my career with a foot in both. I started straight out of university into sales. I was in Business to business technology sales is extremely competitive. Loved it. Uh, sales, sales management, ran a branch, recruited uh, dealers in a, a region and managed all of that. And then launched a sales training company in 2004. All the way through to this day, I'm still engaged in sales training. Um, I'm a partner in another business called Selling from the Heart. And uh, we're equipping sales teams. And so I love that. I love sales. I love, love that whole world. At the same time, when I launched my first business, this is the world of consulting. And this is how, this is so fun. Cause you know, you tell your story. I launched my first business. I go out and I do a sales training program um, for a great company in Houston, Texas. And at the end of it, the owner of the company says, Daryl, that was fantastic. But my website doesn't say anything about what you just taught us. Do you build websites? And being my first client, the answer was, Yes, sir. Websites. So I pulled that marketing degree out of my hip pocket, dusted it off, and um, and next thing you know, I'm you know doing sales training, and then we spun up a digital marketing agency and went on that whole journey of you know web search, social, inbound, account based marketing, all of that, totally fun and cool. But what I noticed in the middle of that, with one foot in the sales training world and one foot in the marketing world, is there a lot of times, sometimes they're even pulling in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, they were talking totally different languages. And, you know, there's this pointing of fingers back and forth going, you need to give us more leads. And then Mark is like, we gave you leads. Those leads are garbage. You know, it's all back and forth. And uh, that's when I was, you know, just, I was getting ready to present to a group. Uh, it was a conference on growth. And I was getting ready to present to a group of marketing leaders and sales managers and uh, it was kind of funny because I knew how to present to salespeople. I knew how to present to marketing people, but now they were in the same room and the business owners were at the back. I was like, what am I going to say? And that's what it really got me thinking about how would we align sales and marketing if we took everything that we knew needed to be done for sales and best practices for marketing and put them together. Um, that's actually where the revenue growth engine came from. It was my first uh, first description of the growth engine, which eventually turned into a book. But all of this, long answer to a short question. But the, the idea here is there's a lot of benefit for businesses 
that get sales and marketing aligned and pointed in the direction they want to go. And I've got a couple ideas on how businesses can do that. But sales and marketing alignment to me is really, really low hanging fruit for a lot of organizations. Yeah. And what, what are those ideas? You see, you got a couple of ideas. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because when we're doing growth strategy workshops, and um, I mentioned with our company that works with, with companies that use the entrepreneur's operating systems, we do growth strategy workshops. And in, in uh, the vernacular of EOS, everyone has a vision traction organizer or a VTO. And so we're like the double click into the sales and marketing part of that VTO. And so we're helping companies get clarity on a couple of things that are really, really critical. And I actually just came off a meeting, uh, a workshop meeting with a client up in Cleveland, Ohio, great company, and they needed to get clarity on their ideal client. Yeah. When you asked them what their ideal client was before the workshop, they said, well, anybody with between 15 and 5,000 employees, <laughs> right? You go, that's everybody. And yeah. when it's everybody, it's nobody. Correct. So one of the best things that sales and marketing can do to begin the process of alignment is to get in the room together and begin to talk about who is our, our best fit client? Who's our ideal client? And in Revenue Growth Engine, we talk about ideal client profile, and we're not the only ones to do that. I'm a huge believer in this. But what I think is you need to look for someone that has value and fit. And value is that they can buy and need to buy everything that you sell. And when my very first company, and I mentioned office technology, we would go in and we would get an order and we come back to the office. And I mean, I'm talking back in the days of fax machines and like four part orders. I'd come back with my order and I'd go, we own this account <laughs> to which my manager would go, Hey, congratulations on the business. But and I know you sold them this product, but do they own this product from us? No. Do they own this service? No. Do they own this? So he would say, well, you got a foot into that account, yeah. but they are not yet 100% sold. They're only 100% sold when they've purchased everything that they can buy from you. So that ideal client, so it stuck with me, 100% sold is always the goal. And I think this is a metric that every sales and marketing team should use for their entire client base and also per client is how are we doing on hundred percent sold? What's our, what's our uh, market penetration. And uh, I'm just fresh thinking of this company I was working with earlier today, you know, hundred percent of their, their clients buy their core service. Um, but the next best service in terms of market penetration was 25%. And it went down from there. So, Hey, you want to grow revenue, aim at hundred percent sold, get sales and marketing, aligned around that ideal client that can buy everything that you sell. And in their case, it wasn't 20 to 5,000. It was really in about the 200 to 500 full-time employee range in some specific industries where they had a sweet spot. Yeah. Now, I don't know about your company and I don't know about our listeners, but my guess is most listeners don't have a marketing and sales budget like Nike or Coca-Cola or insert Apple or whatever company. You've got to be focused in how you use your sales, limited sales and marketing budget. So understand who your ideal clients are. And this is a great point of alignment is to get sales and marketing and maybe even operations in the room and discuss that ideal client and get clarity on it. And that right there is that that gets you 
uh, to use the American football analogy, I think that gets you to the 50 yard line. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know how that fits into Australian football, but we can figure that out later. Yeah. Uh, you guys have fun. Deep in the forward line, we'd call it. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Well, either way, getting alignment on that ideal client profile is, is hard work, but it's really meaningful way to get, begin to get sales and marketing aligned. And that's, that's the first way that I think I've seen a lot of teams start that journey. Um, and it's a really important journey to take. Yeah, look, I think it's it's so important. And to me, you know, to me, it's got to feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable that you're you're leaving clients, you're saying no to clients. And, you know, the same as you. Like for me, you know, I was doing coaches and consultants, which still make up mm-hmm. a lot of the audience, which you probably are, but it's like coaches and consultants is very broad, right? It's like very, well, very broad. Know, yeah, how, how do you narrow that down further? And, um, you know, as we spoke prior to coming on, I'm talking more around cloud partners because it was something that I was successful mm-hmm. at. So, therefore, I'm going to lose some coaches and consultants. I'm going to lose probably some of you watching and listening now, right? But I will uh, be, want to hang out and listen. It's going to be good. Yeah, but but the, the but thing I get is, it. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 then focus. it's more of that penetration of the people that, that I'm truly – um, God, and then like you said, it's not the sales and marketing becomes easier because then you've actually got case studies, you've got testimonials, you've got repeatable processes, right? And and I know that you said there were sort of two key ways to make revenue. What what are those two two key ways? And and sorry, this is off your website and your LinkedIn profile, not what you said today. Yeah, but what are the good. two key ways to make revenue? Because I think you've hinted at one, but what's the other? Well, I think this is really good. I, so the revenue growth engine, I, every company has a growth engine. And I got this realization, by the way, one day when I was mowing my lawn, Paul, you go, you mow your lawn? Aren't you supposed to pay people to do that? Yeah, I get it. But it's like 45 minutes where I can listen to great podcasts like this one, and I can actually get something done. and <laughs> Nobody can call me, right? It's all. So I mow my lawn. I know, I know you're not supposed to do that, but I'll probably do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Plus, I like the really straight lines. So I'm mowing my lawn <laughs> one day, and I have a big lawn, and I have this uh, riding lawnmower. So I'm driving down you know, my zero-turn lawnmower, and I'm looking down the driveway at my car, and I realize my car has an engine. This, car, this lawnmower has an engine, but there's a big difference between my vehicle, my car, and my lawnmower. And if I wanted to drive across the United States or from Sydney to Melbourne, uh, I could do it in my lawnmower. Uh, people would make a lot of fun of me and it would take me a very long time, right? Or I could do it in my car. And my lawnmower, by the way, has a 24.8 horsepower engine, which is great for a lawnmower, yeah. uh, but my vehicle is 420 horsepower. So I'll take the vehicle. So anyhow, the engine, what's driving the engine? Well, there's two things driving your engine. There's only two sources of revenue. And this is really critical for companies to realize. One we've alluded to already, that's cross-selling more to your current clients. Yeah. And then there's the other one that, you know, with sales in our DNA that we think about right away, and that's net new. We want to ring the bell on a new logo. We got another client, all that stuff. Great. But here's the deal. And this is what I've noticed. Most companies are usually good at one or the other. They're good at net new, good at going out and landing the deal, or they're good at cross-sell, but they really struggle when it comes to growing their business. If you can, when you can get both of those going at the same time, now you get exponential growth. So think about this this is really amazing. If you have 10 to 12% growth in net new business, that's the total number of customers in your business. 
And simultaneously, you put the processes in place, sales and marketing, to drive cross-sell revenue, that's revenue per client, and grow that by 10 to 12% a year, both very achievable numbers. Did you know you can organically double the size of your business in about 36 months? Double from 10% year-over-year growth in each one of those core areas. The problem is most companies, they think of growth and they think of one or the other. And usually uh, with a sales mindset, we think of net new, let's go get some more new business. But it's kind of like, I remember I was at a conference a couple of years back and Tiffany Bova was there speaking to a group of tech tech people. Now, Tiffany's fantastic. She's the chief evangelist for Salesforce. And and And, a prior um, guest. So big shout out. Ah, fantastic. I put the link to to her interview in 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 the show notes. Big time fan of Tiffany Bova, especially when she stood up in front of 2,500 sales and marketing leaders in the tech space. And basically, if I may paraphrase loosely, said, y'all are idiots. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is going to be good. She was much more eloquent than that. Uh, But she basically said, you're like people back in the 1800s that sold everything and took a chuck wagon out to the West Coast to go mining for gold. And you went up in the Klondike, you risked your life, you put your savings and your very life at risk. And you started digging for gold and you found that first gold nugget. And you said, yes, we found a gold nugget. You rang the bell, you wrote it on the sales board. And then you said, all right, let's go find another gold mine. Right. And this is, and everyone laughs, but it's a kind of a painful laugh when you realize that the epidemic in business now for growth is the low-hanging fruit in most businesses is cross-selling additional products yeah. and services to existing clients. Nobody's putting effort and what I would say, and I advocate for in Revenue Growth Engine, process. So you were talking about behind that. What are the sales and marketing processes? And I would say if there's an area where you're weak, if you're weak in cross-sell, Put processes in place. Yeah. You know, don't just try to throw people at it. Put processes in place. Don't just go to your net new sales team and go, you should be cross selling more to your current customers. Why don't you know berate them during sales meetings? Put processes in place. And this is where, um, you know, these two met two drivers, net new and cross sell, lead to two metrics. And there's two metrics that should be on every business owner, sales leader, and marketing leaders. Uh, home screen. One is number of clients, and second is revenue per client. Yeah, both of those should be going uh, in the right direction. And if 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 one's growing and the other's not, you know where your problem is. Yeah. And so, think, yeah. Sorry. To, yeah, I think that's so important. And and I suppose the you know Coke, you know, it's you know been around for what 150 odd years 240 or 250 billion dollar company you know it mm-hmm. was ingrained into us you know yes net new and it was probably about 10 percent, but it was that account management that customer lifetime value that's right. and i think the key thing that um we probably got right before a lot of others was that just don't because you've got it doesn't mean that 
the client wants it, right? So the classic of, oh, okay, well, here's a grid of all our services, all of our customers, we're just going to mm-hmm. go and sell that, right? And it's like the Henry Ford, you can have any color as long as it's black. It's like, okay, I don't care <laughs> if you don't want the product or not, you're getting it because it's on my list, right? That's right. That's right. The real, the real art is, and I think we're much better now, is like you said, that ideal client, what their key pain points are and, and really understand, do they need this product? Because I, I have seen companies that, have gone too far in the cross-sell um, version and, and making sure it's it's got that balance. And how do you help people make sure that they get that, that balance right? Yeah, this goes to another core principle that I am a massive believer in, and that is buyers don't buy products and services. They don't buy SaaS or cloud. They don't buy your widget. Uh, they don't buy that. They buy the outcomes those products and services deliver. Uh, Clay Christensen would say, and Bob Mesta would say, um, they don't buy a product. They hire the product for a job to be done. And so this is really, really critical to understand uh, is what are the outcomes, the business outcomes that your client and prospect wants. And if you're in B2C that your, your um, customer wants, right? What are the business outcomes? And this is, this is so critical when you get into a cross sell, um, a cross sell situation. So uh, I know one of the things you like to talk about is what is one of your best sales tips. I'll give you an easy sales tip for cross sell quarterly business reviews. If you don't like quarterly, just say periodic business reviews, some regular cadence where you meet with your clients, not all of them, your key clients do the 80, 20 rule. Right. And in that meeting and you go, well, Daryl, nobody wants to do that. Right. Because up until now, you've probably been wasting their time, right. By talking about our, how well your company did and all the great new products, your company, no one wants to care about that. What we need to talk about in a quarterly business review is their business. And so I'm a huge advocate for starting a business review and the bulk of it being about their business questions. They don't have to be complicated. Like, Hey, Paul, I'm quite, I'm curious as you look forward into 2022 in this dynamic environment, what are the things that are top of mind for your business right now? What are your top, top strategic initiatives in your organization? Um, what do you, where are you going? What are you excited about? These types of things. Um, and by the way, just a little footnote on that. In sales world, we were trained to talk about pain, find the pain, right? All of that. And uh, all, all due respect to Neil Rackham and Spin Selling and all of that, um, I think we get a little too negative and we should be a lot more positive. Like, where do you want to go? What are you excited nice. about, right? We're trying to sell on pain and uh, rather than aspiration. Anyhow, it's a whole other podcast episode. But I think that um, that quarterly business review should be about their business, and you know, when I manage a sales team and there's something in the pipeline, I want to look at that item in the pipeline. I want to say, can you tell me, Paul, what is the business outcome this is going to help them achieve? Yeah. And if they can't say it, or if the sales rep says, oh, it's going to make them more efficient. Now that's, that's marketing mush, right? What specifically is that business trying to achieve and how, can, how is this going to help them? Because unless you can attach your recommendation to one of their top business outcomes, either goals or challenges, your, your chances of closing it are zero. You're, it's not a pipeline. It's a fantasy list, right? And so the quarterly business review, though, 
even if you didn't get the out business outcomes when you sold the first deal, that's okay. Because at the quarterly business review, then you can go in and say, hey, Paul, I'm, you know, before we get started, I'm curious, how's business? What are you most excited about? I noticed um, that you guys are building a new facility on the other side of town. I saw a press release, dot, dot, dot. I was reading in your annual report. Um, and then engage in substantive business conversation. And that forms the basis to solve the, the answer to your problem of cross-sell. Because yeah. now I'm only going to recommend something that's going to help them in the direction of their business, or I'm going to, uh, it may be one of my products. It may be a referral to somebody I know. Um, it doesn't matter. What's happening now is I'm positioning myself in that business as a trusted advisor. And we like to talk about trusted advisor. Every sales rep goes, I'm a, I want my sales team to be seen as trusted advisors. Okay, well, to be a trusted advisor, we got to give advice. And to give advice, we've got to understand their business, not just ours. And that, totally you know, so and, I get all fired you, up about this, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned before around, you know, your, your mentor saying that you hadn't sold 100%, right? Mm-hmm. At Coke, we used to always say that you don't have a plan unless it's a joint customer plan, right? Like it doesn't matter yeah. how much you think that's what's going to get the number. So the exact same thing. And, and to that's be honest, right. the, you know, I was so fortunate for 18 years to just the, the the strategies and the tools they use to get clients. But so some of the biggest retailers in Australia, we would sit down with our MD, their MD, and they'd talk about both businesses, their their goals. And then, you know, a long way down, we'd actually get to the category of, right. you know, called soft drinks to, to really right. influence. But that's, you know, that, you know, exact same thing that you're talking about. Now, we were doing that back in the 1990s, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do think if you've never done that before, there's an enormous opportunity and you can obviously reach out to Daryl about how to do that. Now, there's one more question I want to ask you, Daryl, before we get into the uh, sales dive. And that is, you said inbound is not a way to get sales for B2B. Uh, I'll quote you off your site. You say, why inbound's not good for B2B? And there are alternatives. Tell me a little bit more about that because I thought Inbound was a great way for B2B. I want to be proven wrong. Yeah. So this is controversial. So this is a controversial segment of the podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to speak in generalities. But And by the way, I love inbound marketing and I'm a huge fan. Um, I've been involved with companies like HubSpot for years. What I mean by that is this. If you know who you're, if you're in B2B and you know who your ideal customer is, then you should know, be able to know who your ideal prospects are in, in like by name. Like these are the companies we want to go after. To use my example earlier, we want to go after these companies that have 200 to 500 employees in this geography, in, this, in these industries. Yes. That is a specific group of businesses. Now, if you're in that world, whereas inbound marketing, let's say you have a massive marketplace, maybe you sell roofing or you sell you know, uh, plumbing services in Melbourne or Los Angeles or whatever. Yeah, there's hundreds of thousands, millions of potential clients and they're online looking and they, you sh- they should find you and all of that. But in business where I know who my ideal prospects are, what I don't need to do is sit and just wait for a fish to hopefully, hopefully swim by and hopefully nibble on one of my lead magnets and then hopefully engage with the follow-up stream of emails. And then hopefully, hope is not a strategy. 
Yes. What I do need is with that group of ideal prospects, I need engagement. So for my sales team, the rule is you can call on any prospect you want, but these ideal prospects guaranteed 100% of the time, they will hear from someone from our company on this particular cadence, this many times a quarter. Sales rep goes, well, I don't want to call on that company. Paul, not a problem. We'll give that account somebody else. But these companies, you can sell to anyone you want to, but these companies will hear from us because unless you do that, it doesn't get done. And then as a sales leader, you're out in the field or you're on a call, a Zoom call with a prospect in your territory who you've wanted to call on, but no one got around to. And then you find they bought from your competitor. Okay. So this is so inbound is fantastic. However, when you are in B2B and you know who your ideal client are, is you need outbound on sales. Like we're going to touch these folks. Um, and on the marketing side, marketing people, we don't get off the hook either. Because yeah. we like to say, you know, we sent out this many emails, we got this many engagements, we did this many social posts. That's all fantastic. But what I want to know is what engagement did we get with these companies that are on our ideal prospect list? And the goal, just as goal, the sales goal is 100% coverage, the marketing goal is 100% engagement with every one of these accounts. Now, are you going to get there? No, but it, it changes the perspective of marketing to go, I'm just going to throw that out there and hope that somebody um, gets it to these, these five accounts. I can't get them to engage. What are we going to do? Let's figure it out, right? Even if we need to like FedEx them something, or we need to send a candy gram, or I don't know, you know, let's figure out how to engage with these people. And so that's where I've watched a lot of, a lot of companies. And once again, I believe in inbound marketing for the right, um, for the right scenarios. I really do. It's an incredible, uh, incredible, powerful mindset and movement. However, in B2B with defined ideal clients, I've watched companies kind of lean on going, well, we'll get marketing. We'll get us some leads. No, you don't need leads. You already know who they are. What you need is engagement with those ideal prospects. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think, you know, if you look at the phases, it sort of went to that marketing automation and like, you know, we'll, you know, we'll yeah. do, like you said, lead magnets, we'll do quizzes, we'll do everything, which, mm-hmm. you know, sort of has been saturated, right? And now I think, you know, that balance is going back to, yes, we want to have real conversations, like you said, to really understand the ideal prospect. And, you know, LinkedIn, fortunately, is a brilliant way to, to get a lot of that information, right? So you can find yeah. people a lot easier to do that outbound than ever before. And I do think, and, and it's great to hear an expert like you uh, back it up, I do think now it is a better blend, which is that sales and marketing alignment. But honestly, Daryl, I could speak to you forever on this, but I want to be <laughs> respectful. And maybe we have you back again to talk sure, more. Fine. But uh, what I want you to do now is get ready for the uh, sales dive. So you ready? I'm ready. Bring it on. Let's do it. Yeah, I think you were born ready. So the uh, the first one, <laughs> what are some daily sales habits that help you to accelerate your sales? Yeah, this one is going to be a little different maybe than what you might normally hear. I'm going to say learning. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to be a trusted advisor, if you're going to add value, you got to learn something. You got to have something to talk about. And so I I think that one of the best things sales professionals can do is blocked. You block time for prospecting. You block time for you know other things. 
block time every week to learn something. And when I say learn something, I'm not just talking about your product. I'm talking about business, the people that you sell to, um, whether it's picking up a book, listening to a book, uh, taking a college course, reading Harvard Business Review, doing something substantive so that you have something to talk about and you have some real value to add. So I would say learn something, make a learning plan. And it's up to you as a sales rep. Your company's not going to provide this. Yeah. This is the X factor, I believe, in what makes a successful salesperson. Yeah. And the great thing, you're already halfway there because you're watching or listening to this podcast, which is, I think, one of the best ways to learn. Great start. Uh, it is a great start. Perfect. Just just up your speed and then uh, yeah, but, you'll be right. You know, things like that. Look at this. So this just came in yesterday. Yep. This is the um, most recent edition of the Harvard Business Review. I didn't go to Harvard Business School. Uh, I hope they would let me in if I applied, but it really doesn't matter because there are all kinds of, of things in this magazine, not every article, but I start quoting these articles in my conversations and I put them on LinkedIn. And by the way, I do, I tag the authors. So now I'm, you know, now I'm engaged and positioning myself with the best thought leaders in business. And I'm learning something from a magazine. You know, and this is, um, you know, this type of stuff is extremely valuable. And, you know, I could go into books. Uh, I re- There's my books I've read so far this year. I'm stacking them up because the more that I learn, the more that I earn. Yeah. And the more that I, more that I invest in myself, the more that investment in myself is an investment in my current and future clients. I'm actually able to be a trusted advisor when I learn something new. Right. Well, uh, you mentioned HubSpot before, but what other technology is essential for you to accelerate your sales? Yeah. um, I think the core technologies right now are the connectors because here's the deal. If you've got, you know, I mean, ideally everything would live on one platform, but the reality is it doesn't, you know, in most organizations, you've got a lot of different platforms so to me, the, the killer app right now is anything that syncs all of it up. So if you've got a CRM, is it connected to your marketing automation system? Is it connected to your um, core data on your customers and all of that? And so I think right now, and this you talk about cloud, right? So the world, the, the world we live in makes it possible for all these things to talk in ways that you know it used to not be possible. So I don't get as worked up about what CRM or whether you need a marketing automation system or sales sequences, or there's all kinds of cool technology out there. Most important thing to me is, does it all talk to each other? Yeah. And um, so I think the integration is is the key thing nowadays. Yeah, great. And are you a Zapier or a Zapier? I use that guy? for my own business. I'm a Zapier or Zapier, GIF or JIF, right? Tomato, <laughs> tomato. Um, yeah, I, I use, um, Zapier at HubSpot bought PySync. I think PySync's amazing, um, because it's real time sync, but there's a lot of ways to get that done. The important thing is that you get it done and that it's, you know, that everything's connected. Once it's connected, then you can figure out how to improve it. And I think less is more and a lot of there's, there's too much stuff in most people's bar tech stack. So. Brilliant. Well, look, unfortunately we've got to the end, but it's not quite the end because you're going to share <laughs> a summary. So in one sentence, what can someone do 
to go and 10x their sales based on your wisdom, not just what you've shared today, but the wisdom that you've learned through all of those books and podcasts and everything else you've acquired? Like what's one key thing that someone can do to 10x their sales? Process. I'm going to say process because business runs on processes or for my Canadian friends, process. Yeah. Um, and Australian friends. Correct. The, um, in, in the challenge of sales and marketing, and, and I used to work in the software world where we helped companies map out business processes, imply software to make them better. It, the problem is every area of business runs on process until you get to sales and marketing. And then it's like the wild west, right? There's a couple, yes. it's like literally wild west. There's a couple sales reps hanging outside the saloon, flipping coins, tumbleweeds blowing by, and sales managers like, y'all need to go make some more calls, right? But there's no process. Yeah. New people come on board, they get frustrated, they leave because there's no process. Marketing, we, we're not much better in marketing either. You know, It's like, hey, what's the latest, greatest shiny object? Or, hey, run a campaign. Let's do a webinar. You know, all, That's all great stuff. But what are the processes? And so I think the best thing a company can do to prepare themselves to scale 5X, 10X, 100X is put the processes in place and then you can accelerate growth. Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, uh, no, I've filled my sheet. You've got your HBR there. I've got my interview <laughs> sheet where I've absolutely filled it with your wisdom. So it's been great. Uh, you're too and, kind. Yeah, and you can go and find out more. Obviously, the links are going to be in the show notes. But um, if you want to go right now, it's revenuegrowthengine.net is the key site. And you can also go to revenuegrowthpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. But we'll have that and all the other links that have been mentioned by Daryl on the podcast and uh, in the show notes, I should say. But Daryl, uh, just wonderful having you on today and thanks for sharing all your wisdom. Thoroughly enjoyed it, Paul. Thanks for all you do. I really love that interview with Daryl. He just shared a lot of value, but also did it in such a fun and entertaining way. So, you know, a couple of key things that I loved is those two ways to make Uh, revenue and the cross-sell in particular, where he talked about why B2B and you should have your your key target and marketing and sales should have touch points on them. I love that. And also that quarterly review. So, you know, it was a, a wonderful episode. So I'd love for you to maybe share it with somebody else, maybe one, 10, how many people you think you could share it with to become a real rock star. And it's absolutely fantastic. There are notes, as I said at the start, but you can go to paulhigginsmentoring.com to get the full transcript. And also, why not check out some of our solo shows as well, which I know you're going to thoroughly enjoy. Please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.